So then as I was getting ready for today, I said, Lord, what, what's on your heart today? He said, I want to give you another weapon. So today is choose humility, a powerful weapon to disarm the enemy. Now, we've got some enemies personally and corporately and nationally that need to be disarmed. They need to have their weapons stripped from them so that they have no place, no right, no authority, and no power over us. Anybody else ready to see your enemies disarmed? Because once an enemy is disarmed, you can trample them. I'm ready to do some trampling. I don't know about you. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Now see, in the flesh, what we have a tendency to do, and in our, in our culture, let's just talk about American culture for a minute, we are a proud people. I know people don't like it when I say stuff like that, but let's just get real. The rest of the nations look at us and go, if y'all would just stop exalting yourself so much... <laughs> See, a part of our problem right now is that we have exalted ourselves so far, God's having to humble us. If I can say that over a nation, it's based in a truth that God says over us. Now, part of the problem with our understanding of humility is we think humility is weakness. We think humility is thinking something horrible about yourself. I want to debunk that because that's not humility. That is a false humility. It is based in a religious system and religious teaching that tells you you're just a worm. You're not. You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the head and not the tail. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who is your Lord. You are the victorious ones. All of that is humility. Okay, that went over like a boom. Come on, that is humility. I want to start this message. It's really a very simple message, but I want to start it with this statement that God gave to me years ago. He said, you need to understand that humility is simply believing you are who I say you are. It's not believing what every Yahoo around you tells you you are. It's not believing the self-doubt that you talk to yourself. It is not believing the lies that the enemy has thrown at you all the time. Coming into an agreement with those lies is not humility. Religion tells you that's humility. It's not. Humility is simply believing you are who God said you are and then walk it out. Be who he says you are. You can't be somebody else. That <laughs> I like that. Don't try to be somebody else. When you pray, don't pray like somebody else. Pray like God made you to pray. When you worship, worship the way God put worship in you and be free. Don't think about what everybody's thinking about you. Do you know what happened here this morning? 
Everybody got caught up into worship, not thinking about what anybody else thought or what anybody else was doing or how it sounded, how it didn't sound, how it did anything. Didn't think about that. You just got captured by the beauty of the Lord and we all worshiped together. See, that's coming out of a humble heart. It's coming out of a, I'm not thinking about me anymore. We have a tendency to think about us way too much. So I'm going to go through, very similar to what I did last week, some passages of Scripture and just read them, make some comments, and then close with a couple of word definitions and then just some statements that I want us to embrace so that we can come into a greater dimension of walking in humility with strength. To disarm our enemies. First Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 5. You younger men, likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at proper time. Isn't it interesting that twice, right there, he says... Clothe yourself with humility and embrace humility. When he does it that quick together, I think it's an attention getter. I think it's like, are you, are you listening to me? Does anybody ever have God talk to you like that and he repeats himself a couple of times and it's like he's going, hello, hello, are you paying attention? That's what this passage does for me. It says, wait a minute, I'm saying you Humble yourself toward one another and then under my mighty hand. See, we can't say we're humble before God and be lacking in humility toward each other. Ouch. That he may exalt you in the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I'm going to make this comment. When we cast our care and our anxiety on him, we quit focusing on us. See, humility is an expression of faith. It's an expression of trust. We're not having to keep ourselves in the middle of everything. We're simply trusting the God of all the universe that he is on our side because we've chosen to be on his side. Notice the way I said that. See, he, be, he gets on your side when you choose to be on his. If you just simply invite him to be on your side and you're not on his side, guess what? It doesn't work. We would like for it to at times, but then actually we would get ourselves in so much trouble that then we'd be screaming for a rescue. So cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We've just had all this passage about humility. And then God says, your enemy is prowling and wanting to devour you. I don't know about you, but when I read that in the midst of an admonition to humble yourself, and then he says the enemy's coming, do you know where the enemy's coming and going to traffic in on you? Your pride. My pride. Our pride. 
See, pride opens a door for the enemy to come in and to devour. Humility is a key. It's a weapon to disarm the enemy. Verse 9, but resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered a little while, say suffered a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect. Another word there could be mature. Perfect and confirm, strengthen and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. See, we're all wanting to be perfected. We're wanting to see the strengthening and the confirmation and the establishing of the things that God has spoken to us. How many of you want the things God's spoken to you established? And, and sometimes we get in this place where we're frustrated because it hasn't happened yet. Anybody else get there? Let's just be honest. And God says, if you'll humble yourself under my mighty hand, if you'll walk in humility toward one another, watch and see what I'll do. I will exalt you, position you, establish you, confirm you, strengthen you. You'll be able to stand and nothing can take you out of your place. Because it's not about what you've done to get there. It's about what he's done to get you there. See, if you work and press yourself to get into a place, do you know what you have to do to stay there? You have to keep working, keep pressing, keep fighting, keep knocking other people down. You're in a constant war because what you fought to get on your own strength, you have to fight by your own strength to keep. But when God does it, Guess who fights for you? Hallelujah. Passion translation, the same passage, 1 Peter 5. In the same way, the younger ones should willingly support the leadership of the elders in every relationship. That's a word we need to hear right now. In every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourself the garment of a humble servant. Because... God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. I mean, that says it, doesn't it? See, we want to press things in our own timing because we think that we're not going to have enough life left to get it done. Come on. I run into this with people all the time and confess I have been guilty. Because you think God's given me these great prophetic words, right? Anybody? And you're going, well, I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> and God says, do I not know how old you are? Do I not know? And part of the journey is... That he can't give us some things that he wants to give us because we're trying to do it in our own flesh. He said, if you just humble yourself, I give it to you. Ouch. This message has got a lot of ouches, at least for me. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of y'all. 
But see, we want to press our own timing, and God says, I've got a timing. Trust me. Trust me. It goes on. It says, pour out your worries and stress upon him. See, even when we're pursuing God's purposes, we can slip into worry and stress over what we have and haven't done. What door is and isn't opening. And God says, well, just roll it over on me. It doesn't mean that you sit back and do nothing, but get rid of the anxiety, the worry, and the stress. Humble yourself. Trust the Lord your God. Leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. Be well balanced and alert. If there is a phrase I can give us all for 2024, be well balanced and alert. We're going to have to be very, very alert. Because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly. He does not take a break. We would like him to take a break, but he doesn't. Like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour, take a decisive stand against him and resist his every tactic with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of trouble you endure. And then after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And he has all the power needed to do this forever. He has all the power needed to do it. I was talking with someone in the last week. And they're in a real deep, deep battle. It's a hard battle. But they believe they have seen and heard exactly how it has to work out. And so I'm listening to them as I'm on a prayer call and I'm, I'm listening to what they're saying. And I said, what if your role in all of this for the ultimate goal is different than what you think? What if you are not the point person? What if you're the support person? Well, it can't be that because I know what he's shown me. I'm like, whoa. Because it actually can be. It actually can be. Well, I've got to do the work. I said, do the work that's at your hand to do. But if you're fighting to be the point person and God can't accomplish what he's shown you without you in the point, you're actually disqualifying yourself. Can I tell you, that didn't go over real well. <laughs> and I said it not to be a rebuke, but to be an invitation. To be an invitation to step into a greater measure of submission and trusting God in humility. 
Because sometimes we think what God has shown us means we have everything we need to get there. And he's like, you're going to have to trust me. Because I may not do it the way you think. (laughs) Sorry. Long hours of worship and conference, etc. Thank you, Trey, for paying attention. (laughs) Let's look at Luke 14, verses 7 through 11. And Jesus began speaking a parable to the invited guest when he noticed how they had been picking out the places of honor at the table, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for someone more distinguished than you may have been invited to. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this man. And then in disgrace, you proceed to occupy the last place. But when you are invited, go and recline at the last place so that when the one who has invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will have honor in the sight of all who are at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. There's something in all of us that we want the honored position. I mean, we just do. It's, it's, it's kind of how our humanity and then our raising and our culture, we, we want to be in that seat of honor. And yet God is saying it. You know, let me put you there. Don't put yourself there. And see, when we learn to humble ourselves and not fight for that place, God can take and put you in places you never dreamed of being. You can't dream high enough for where God can take you. But it's about our focus. What What are we after? Do we want to be seen or do we want God to be exalted? Do we want to be where he wants us to be? Or do we want to be where we want to be? Look at it in the passion. When Jesus noticed how the guests for the meal were all vying for the seats of honor, he shared this story with the guests around the table. When you are invited to an important social function, don't be quick to sit near the head of the table, choosing for yourself a seat of honor. What will happen to you when someone arrives who is more distinguished than you? The host will bring him over to where you were sitting and ask for your seat, saying in front of all the guests, you're in the wrong place. That's a humiliating place. Remember that word. It's different than humility. Please give this person your seat. Disgraced, you will have to take whatever seat is left. 
Instead, when you are invited to a banquet, you should choose to sit in the lowest place. When your host comes and sees you there, he may say, My friend, come with me and let me seat you in a better place. Then in front of all the other guests at the banquet, he will honor you by seating you in the place of highest respect. Remember this. Everyone with a lofty opinion of who he is, who seeks to raise himself up, will be publicly humbled. And everyone with a modest opinion of who he is and chooses to humble himself will be raised up before all. You know, this can happen at a banquet. If I can just be real blunt, it can happen at a conference. (laughs) When people vying to have the seat or vying to be sure they get to talk to the guest minister or have the seat of honor. See, folks, it slips into us really, really subtly. And when those things happen and you have to be moved, it's humiliating. Because what it does, if I, I'm just kind of talking this through, okay? <laughs> what it does is it exposes our heart to ourselves. And see, nobody else may even notice what's happened, but have you ever been in those kind of places and you've had to move to make way for somebody else? Nobody else may notice, but everything in you feels like all eyes are on you. (laughs) Right? Because it's a humiliation. It's like, Oh, why did I do that? And and that can be very painful or it can produce a fruit of righteousness in us. I watch this stuff happen. You know, when you're kind of moving the circles that all of us move in, whether it's in the business world or it's in ministry or wherever it is, we see people jockeying for the highest seat. The political spirit in our nation is saturated with this. What if some of our political leaders clothe themselves in a robe of humility as servants rather than lords to be served? Jesus said that we are not to lord it over others as the Gentiles do, but to be servants of all. And we're going to all serve in different ways. I, and I loved it. Dutch liberated me yesterday just by his message. Okay, If you haven't listened to the NEI conference this weekend, if you don't do anything but listen to Dutch from about 11 o'clock yesterday... <laughs> Are Ken Malone from Friday morning at nine. Strip you down and get you into a new place. But see, I'm not going to serve the way a Patty Kern does. My gifting's different. And I could go into a, a false humility if I attempted to serve the way Patty does. Patty is a a quiet, gentle, come alongside, carry 
help people come through. I'm going to serve by saying, okay, come on, let's move. And I'm, it's not being lording it over you. It's just, it's my assignment as a leader and as a general. If I try to do the other, you're going to look at me and go, what is wrong with her? Because it doesn't even feel real. That doesn't mean I won't come and help you up if you fall, because I will. But it's not my gifting. It's not the way God has wired me to do like what Patty does. And I could go around the room because we all have diversity of gifts and the way we serve, the way we minister. See, because ministry is simply serving. And that means that we're not all going to do it alike. We have to do how God created and made us to serve, to minister. First as unto the Lord and then unto each other in humility according to the way God created us. The way he's gifted us. When we do that, the vain imaginations, competitions, jealousy and envy will just all fall away. See, the enemy will be disarmed by our humility. Because where he tries to get us time and time again is to get us into jealousy, envy, competition, and vain imaginations to try to press ourselves to be who we think is important. I'm going to say that again. To try to be who we think is important. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, you are important being you. See, it takes all of us being who we are, not trying to be somebody else. The word for one of the words from humility, and when you see this up here, you're going to know why I am not attempting to say that. I will give you all the challenge. If somebody can say it, go for it. But it means humility, humbleness of mind, humility of mind, lowliness, lowliness of mind. That doesn't mean think lower of yourself than God does. It says agreeing with God. The next word is a root of this, and it means of low degree, humble, base, cast down, of low estate, lowly. And the final word, I could come closer on this, but I'm not. See, it's all about not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. And in our culture, the challenge we have with this is so many of us operate with self-doubt and negative self-talk. Anybody else guilty? Um we do. We look at ourselves in the mirror. The hair's not right. The outfit's not right. The makeup's not right. The, I mean, make your list. Or I didn't deliver that well. I mean, we just, we beat ourselves up. That's not humility. That's agreeing with the accuser. <laughs> because anything that is putting you down in accusation and making you feel beat down and less 
and unworthy. See, humility isn't being unworthy. Humility is agreeing with God and he says, you're so worthy to me, I sent my son to die for you. Well, the way the Lord gave this to me years ago was he said, if you're going to go out and buy a sofa, are you going to pay more for it than it's worth? And I said, well, no, I'm going to look for a deal. <laughs> he said, I didn't pay more for you than you're worth. I mean, that'll get your heart. He did not pay more for you than you're worth. You are worth the very life of his own son. No matter what you've done, no matter what's been said of you, no matter the word curses, the, the victories and the defeats, it doesn't matter. God Almighty says, you're worth the life of my son. Wow. Is that not amazing? Just an incredible gift. And it's not pride to say that. That is humility. See, humility is this, we come into it by this contrast of attention to self versus attention on the Lord. When you come into a place of praise and worship like we did, and you're totally captivated with the Lord and his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his power and his glory, all of a sudden you're not thinking about yourself anymore. You're thinking about him. It is a key to abandoned praise and worship. That is a key. It is a weapon. See, the enemy is going to come against praise and worship, get us so focused on ourselves, focused on how it sounds, what it looks like, everything else, because then we're focused on the performance rather than the focus on the Lord that we are to be worshiping, and we get all distracted. And it is like taking a pen and popping a balloon. And it goes... When you're looking at worship and praise and worship and it's not ascending the way you want it to, hello. We need to take a look and go, God, am I focusing more on the mechanics? Is it a song I like? Is it a style I like? Is it what I, 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 I? The antithesis of humility. You know, if we begin to shift focus on the Lord, our praise and worship will ascend. And I don't care what music is being played or even if there is music. Do you know praise and worship is not just about songs? It's just not. 
But see, we've got these ideas of what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to be. Personal preferences. What are the filters that a sound of worship, that you're being invited into worship, what filters in here is it working through? What filters are in here that are keeping you from ascending with the Lord into the worship encounter that he's invited you into? It may look completely different than anything you've had before. Or it may look like something you've encountered before that you thought you'd moved against and moved beyond. And God says, no, I'm going to meet you right here in this oldie. All of a sudden, up out of your spirit comes a hymn from your childhood. And you're caught in worship. See, it's a focus on the Lord. Second point is humility is rooted in submission versus self-will. And that, my friends, is a demonstration of faith. Submission is a demonstration of faith. Being willing to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. Being willing to submit to the Lord is an expression of our faith and our trust in God. That's probably a whole other sermon in and of itself. But there is a place where God is wanting to teach us and invite, he's inviting us into a new level of submission. Where we're willing to submit to what he's saying, both to him, first and foremost, but also to one another. See, we don't, we don't like anybody to tell us what to do. But do you know that kingdom order is all about submission. For the ecclesia to really move into where God is wanting us to go to be a force against the darkness and to tear down principalities and powers, we are going to have to learn how to submit in a way that we move as one. We will never move as one if everybody's just choosing and doing their own thing won't work one of the pictures of of the whole submission and moving together as one coming into maturity as the ecclesia is and it's one of the words and I'll teach on this in a few weeks of ministry and it's the picture of under rowers in the whole of a ship rowing together if they all rode just as they wanted to row, it wouldn't go anywhere, number one, and it might just run into all kinds of things. But what would happen? And this is what happened in Acts 2. They moved as one. And what happened? Holy Spirit came, filled them up, they were aligned with Peter. Peter just simply happened to be the voice with the message. But I will pr propose to you that it wasn't just about Peter with the voice and the message. It was about a room full of 120 with him in one accord filled with the Holy Spirit. The word of God went out and 5,000 got saved. What would happen? 
If we came into that today. What would happen. If, if the church at large. The ecclesia. Got out of being so divided. Over little mundane stupid stuff. Come on. We divide over the most ridiculous things. What if. We really submitted to the Lord, to one another, and began to move as one. This ship called the Ecclesia would cut through the waves and cut through the icebergs and cut through the walls of resistance, and we would see a pathway opened up for thousands upon thousands and millions upon millions to come into the kingdom. But it's going to require humility. Now what about this one? Reaction versus response. This is a test of your humility. Reaction is something happens and you just... Bah! But a response requires that we breathe... Holy Spirit, how would you have me to respond to this? What, what is the principle of the word in this situation? What is it? What would be the spiritual response to whatever the en encounter is? See, if we are reacting, it reveals one thing out of our heart. If we're responding, it reveals something else. Reaction comes out of our flesh. Response comes out of the spirit. It comes out of a maturity that God is bringing us into. <clears throat> I mentioned this one, so I'll go to this next one pretty quick. Humility versus humiliation. That's our choice. Which way are we, are we going to choose humility? <clears throat> or are we going to choose our own way and end up finding ourselves being humiliated? I'm saying, God, help us choose humility. Help us choose. Let us choose right. <clears throat> Humility is also a picture of the arm of the flesh versus the power of the spirit. What is the source of your strength in doing even what you know God's told you to do? Do you know that you can go after doing what God's called you to do and do it in the arm of the flesh? And the whole time be saying, I'm being obedient and God's looking at it and going, I know I told you to do it, but this isn't exactly the way I told you to go about it. <laughs> See, we got to look, are we doing it by power or by might? Or are we doing it by my spirit, says the Lord? Which way are we doing it? When you're having to clamor and push and... Uh, to do the very thing God told you to do and to get other people out of your way? Hello. Arm of the flesh or power of the spirit. See, what the power of Holy Spirit can do in an instant, we will never be able to accomplish by the flesh. Never be able to do it. You can't do out of the flesh what God's telling you to do by the spirit. Boy, have we got a long way to come. 
See, if we're moving by the flesh or by the spirit, it reveals to us what is our source of strength. And then this one, carnal weapon versus spiritual weapons. See, spiritual weapons are mighty to pull down strongholds. Carnal weapons basically just stir up a fight. If you think you've got to fight at this level and you start coming at that thing with the arm of the flesh and with carnal weapons, that fight that was here just went to here. And all of a sudden, what you are fighting and this devil that you're fighting and you try to come at him with the arm of the flesh, he goes, ha watch me, I'm going to show you a thing or two. But when you come with the Weapons of the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, with prayer, with worship, with the Word that God has spoken. And you're standing there and you're like, "Ah, devil, you're not getting me out of my place of peace. You're not getting me out of my place of joy. You're not moving me out of this place of faith because you're nothing. I know who I am, and I know who is in me, and whose I am, and you're nothing. And I'm not going to let you pull me into your fight. See, we've been pulled into too many fights by the arm of the flesh. We've been pulled into too many fights using carnal weapons when God says, if you just sit down, get quiet. Listen, I'll give you a spiritual weapon that will dismantle the enemy. I will give you what you need if you'll just disengage out of your flesh. But that requires humility. Because I don't know about you, but when somebody comes after me, or more importantly, if they start coming after those I love... Including this place, it's real easy for me to step into the carnal weapons. Truth. Because don't mess with my babies. Don't mess with my kiddos. When you come after my grandkids, I'm going to have to really go back into a corner and say, God, you got to help me. <laughs> That's a real deal because I, I want to come with, you know... <laughs> but that's not going to get the we- that's not going to get the victory. The victory has to be won in the spirit. Which leads me to this last one. When attacks come, are you responding in a like spirit? To that which is coming against you, are you humbling yourself so you can respond in the opposite spirit? I'm just being real practical with this, okay? If somebody comes yelling at you, do you know what our first response is? Ah! Yell back. Somebody starts lying about you and spreading rumors and all kinds of things. You know what our fleshly tendency is? To go spread rumors and lies about somebody else. See, we, we have 
because it, it triggers us. It, it touches that place in us that we very quickly find out how much our flesh is still alive. And operating in the opposite spirit defangs an angry wolf. It just does. See, we've got to learn how to take on humility. Because I'm telling you folks, we are, we're in some battles right now, personally and in our nation, we cannot get lured into trying to fight the same way that the enemy is fighting. And some of it that's out there right now is so vicious and so evil and so disgusting that it would be easy for us to try to use the same tactics that they're using. And I want to be really, really careful that you are not hearing me say that we are to roll over and be milk toast. But it is a call for us to check our heart. Check our motivation. Check where we are. Because see, when you come into a place of humility, God can fill you up with a declaration and a decree and a boldness to go against the very forces of hell and you won't back up. And you can stand wherever it is you're called to stand when the enemy is coming against whatever you're assigned to fight for. And you'll just stand there and your feet will be planted. And you'll just say, no, that is not the way it is. This is the truth, dot, 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 dot. Amen. And you don't have to prove it. You just state it. And you don't get into the the back and forth and the name calling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be better than you. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Just stop. See, in humility, there is a place, and Jesus demonstrated this, where he sat with sinners and publicans and he demonstrated the love of God sitting around a table and letting a prostitute come and wash his feet. It's humility. But do you know that it was equally as humble for him to look at the religious Pharisees and go, you whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. It was also equally as humble when he walked into the temple and overthrew the tables. So I, I want us today, as we look on choosing humility, that we're not choosing weakness. We're choosing meekness, which is strength under control. It's a weapon. Because if people can come just berating you, if they can come in our nation throwing all kinds of evil against our children, against families, against uh, believers, 
I mean, there's a voice that came out this week that said that people like Mike Johnson, spirit-filled believer, who believes that righteousness is to be the, the law of the land. This quote, he and people like him, that would be us folks, are more dangerous than Al-Qaeda. It was a voice of a demon. But see, we're going to have to have the weapons of joy. We're going to have to have the weapon of humility that we don't get called into that fight with the arm of the flesh. Because if we go into that fight with the arm of the flesh, they'll eat us for lunch. I mean, you got to hear me. Because they're vicious. And part of where their strength is, if I can say it this way, they're more submitted to their cause than we are. And they're more submitted to one another in the process of the cause than we are. We're going to have to get this. We're going to have to focus on saying, God, your church, I'm just going to be real raw for a minute. We, as the church of the living God, have been humiliated for too long. We serve the king of all the universe. We, see, we serve the one who is seated on high, full of glory and honor and majesty and power. There is no other God like him. And yet, we have been suffering defeat after defeat after defeat. And it's not because there's a flaw in our God. It's because there's a problem with us. It's a problem with us. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm saying, church, God's calling us to a place of humility. God's calling us to a place of repentance. He's calling us to a place that we watch our words. We watch the murmurings and complainings of our heart. We watch and we stop speaking against other people that are of the faith. Stop it. Folks, I, I know the landscape of the church. And there's some of it that's full of imposters, players, deceivers. There is that are not walking according to the word. This is what God said to me Thursday night. He said, I'm about to deal with them. But I'm going to tell you so that we don't get caught in the dealing, we better be sure our heart is right. I, I want to see God deal with it. But I want it done in such a way 
that repentance comes and restoration comes so that those who have gone astray come in. This isn't about rejoicing over somebody falling. But folks, we have to come into a place of greater humility because we are submitted to the King and we're clothed with humility and filled with love that manifests itself by honor. Honor for the Lord, but also honor for one another. So would you stand? And I'm just going to i must say this. The altar is open if y'all want to come after we close. And just, if the Lord's put his finger on something, don't don't just push it down and say I'll deal with that later I feel the spirit of God moving so father I thank you that you are working on us that's your love it's your mercy and your tender kindness that you the God of all the universe would come and meet with us and you would call us and beckon us into a deeper place of union with you. To represent and to present Jesus into the world. And he was perfect in all of his love, perfect in power, and everything that he did was because of the joy that was set before him and he did it clothed in humility and walked it out with incredible strength and the authority of heaven was made known on the earth. So Father, would you work among us, bring us into a greater alignment with you and a greater alignment with each other that your church, your ecclesia, will press through and bring breakthrough because the breaker goes before us and we will see the greatest harvest the world has ever witnessed. We say, let it be done in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. I love you. We'll see you Tuesday night.